You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It was one of the Braves' best postseason pitching performances for six innings. Then it gets rowdy from there. Most of the big hits in postseason are homers. And they hit one and we didn't. This is episode two of the AJC Braves Report podcast. I'm Jay Black, the new podcast manager at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Joined by our AJC sports team in Milwaukee, columnist Mark Bradley and our beat reporter Gabe Burns. And, and Gabe, there's really no better entertainment on Twitter than your feed during and after a Braves game. So I just want to know, is this all Ozzie Albee's fault or is it Brian Snicker's fault too? Yeah, according to Twitter, it's, it's somebody's fault. You know, I really look at this game, and I was just I was just telling people this earlier. I, it's just kind of hard to place real blame. I mean, yeah, even Ozzy's at bats. So I know he, you have those. You have Morton giving up. You know, he basically threw two bad pitches the entire day. I mean, you can go through and you can find moments here and there, but I mean, it's a tight two to one ball game. The first inning was obviously just a huge missed opportunity for this team, and and you kind of. You kind of knew that that would loom over the game um, after that half, after that sequence happened, and sure enough, it was you know it was a deciding factor. Mark, was this a missed opportunity, or did the Braves just get beat tonight? I think they did, yes, just get beat. But I thought that they had a lot of the game going their way, uh, in the sense that they got Burns out of the game, which is a pretty big deal. And um, Morton was throwing great, and all of a sudden. He hits the first batter of the seventh inning, and at that moment, not to sound like I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but I uh, I've asked Mark Bowman, who covers the Braves for MLB, how much longer do you go with Morton? He was in the high 70s on pitches, and uh, it's one of those things. You know, if he if he gets through the inning, it's a great call. If he didn't get through the inning, it's not a great call. That's that's the the lot of a manager is that. They live and die by their pitching changes uh, and their decisions. And this one was, you know, you didn't think that Charlie Morton was in any kind of trouble. He was throwing 97 miles an hour with great ease. I mean, they struck out nine. He threw the kind of game you need to get from your starter in the postseason. Trouble is, the Braves didn't win the game. That is one of the many moves and decisions to debate and discuss, and we've got plenty of sound on this podcast from the post-game press conference. But before we get into all of that, a reminder that your subscription to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution funds our journalists, so we thank you. And if you're not a subscriber, go to AJC.com slash BattleATL and sign up today. You'll get the most complete Braves coverage in Atlanta during the postseason, and you'll also get a Hank Aaron tribute book, unlimited digital access to AJC.com, and the e-paper starts at just a dollar a week. Get this special offer now at AJC.com slash BattleATL. Thank you, and continue to follow our reporting in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and online at AJC.com. All right, Snit, lead it off. What happened? We knew this ball game was going to be rough. I mean, we knew the runs would be at a premium, um, and they were. It was a good ball. It's exactly what I kind of thought was going in that this game would be. This, you know, somebody got a big hit. In the most, a lot of the time, most of the big hits in postseason are homers. 
and they hit one and we didn't. A dynamic pitcher's duel in game one goes to the Brewers, 2-1 the final. Corbin Burns, six shutout innings. Charlie Morton dominant until the seventh inning when Rowdy Telez takes him deep to right center. You know, didn't give up any runs. I worked in the seventh inning, and even even in those at-bats, it's like I, I got into where I wanted to be. I just didn't finish him off. You know, I, I hit Avi, and then I grouped one to Rowdy. That's Charlie Morton. And Gabe, you've seen pretty much every start that Morton's had this year. Where do those first six innings rank to you? Yeah, I mean, that, I was thinking about that during the game, actually. I mean, that was really as good as it gets. He tied his career high, with, uh, or postseason career high, I should say, with nine strikeouts. Um, you thought he was going to get the double digits. It ended up not happening. But, I mean, he there have not there he's had some really, really sharp performances this year, obviously. Uh, there were not many that were better than what we saw from him for most of for most of the day, and that's kind of that's what he's billed as. He's billed as a big game pitcher. That's a large reason why the Braves wanted him. And I mean, he met he met every single expectation. And it's just you know, it's a shame that you know, obviously the Braves were going up against a guy who was able to trade zeros with him, and the, the team did have an opportunity to give him an early lead. They couldn't do it, and then you know, it, it comes down comes down late there but I mean that's really about all all you could ask out of Charlie and Mark I'm glad you did ask Snit about running Morton out there for the seventh you know I talked to him and he said he felt good and, and um yeah no because pitches were you know if he'd have had 10 or 15 more pitches I probably wouldn't have but I thought he was in a zone that in an area where all year long we've let him go back. So I know I didn't you know it was one pitch in the thing so I'm not going to second guess sending him back out because he you know, you got to take your hat off the hitter, too. He didn't miss it. I made it clear in our pod, the first pod, the, my position about living and dying with your ace. You fine with what Snitker said there? Um, Yeah, I am. You know, he, he is right in just in everything else, though. This postseason is team who hits the home runs generally wins the game. Uh, the baseball writer Joe Sheehan has a saying, um, ball go far, team go far. <laughs> and that's, that's the way it often is. I mean, you against pitching of this caliber it is very hard to string together three singles but you know it is not impossible to walk up there and run into one and hit it over the fence as they say and you know i, I it, the game was there in the bottom of the seventh and, and uh it didn't really get away from the Braves. but you kind of thought that seeing morton have that kind of game and then not winning you know it's not going to crush him or anything if max freed wins tomorrow they're they can win games three and four in Atlanta, and they'll be done with the Brewers. But part of baseball, you know, you are it's hard to hit good pitchers in the postseason. And almost every team in the postseason is there because it has good pitchers. Yeah, the Braves were not necessarily hitting Corbin Burns in the first inning, but he'd put two guys on via walk and, and snit nose. They let him off the hook. Yeah, that, that was tough. You know, I mean, it's guys like that. You know, I think we scored four runs off of him first inning last time we played. I mean, it, that's you got to get those kind of guys early because once they get settled in and he got out of that first inning, I figured he would go seven. Gabe, we joked about Ozzy earlier, but uh, did he have anything to say about that first at bat and what happened? Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. Uh, it's a pitch that, as people were pointing out, with the way that uh, Burns was kind of struggling with the strike zone. Obviously, it's a pitch you don't want to swing at, but he did. And, you know, he, he couldn't have hit it to a worse place from the Braves' perspective. And, you know, it's, it's hard to blame Solaire for running there. And, and Smith said the same thing. But it was just a really unfortunate sequence all around, uh, obviously. And it, it was a sequence that, you know, largely determined the outcome. We did have some history tonight, um, and, and Jock Peterson 
the first person in Major League Baseball history to hit a home run in the playoffs wearing pearls. His 10th career postseason homer. Gabe, we got any more uh, reporting with what's going on with his uh, jewelry? Nothing new with the jewelry. Um, that's <laughs> He's really, every opportunity he's had, he's, he's tried to downplay that. He's wearing pearls uh, in a baseball game. It's not going away. Exactly, exactly. He really doesn't want it to become a story, but it's like, you know, <laughs> dude, you're wearing pearls. It, it naturally becomes a story. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, good on him. He was, the obviously, he was the Braves' only source of offense today. Um, and, and this is a team that we uh, every run scored today in this game was was via home run, and this is a team that but they're not going to be able to kind of slug their way through this series. I mean, they're going to have to play small ball, and they just they can't afford to you know squander the opportunities they had really in the first and the ninth innings on uh, on Friday. Can they play small ball? The answer is yes, they can. Um, now, whether they will is another story. Uh, and it's not it's not going to be easy against this staff either. So that's going to be the story of the series. And so far, I mean, look, they're down they're down one zero, and the offense just I mean, bottom line, they just couldn't get it done. Uh, they couldn't get it done against one of the upper tier, just top top elite guys. And they're going to face they're going to be facing another really high level guy on Saturday. So we'll see how it unfolds. But I mean, certainly, I don't think as Smith said, it kind of played out the way he thought it would. Uh, I think that we, you know, with Freed and Woodruff on the mound on Saturday, I think we can once again, you know, if it's, a, if it's another two-to-one game, I don't think that would surprise anybody. From our mailbag on my Facebook page, Travis in Jackson County asked, why are they pinch-hitting a guy hitting under 200 with the game on the line? And that one did kind of bother me just a little bit. Braves get two runners on, another chance against Josh Hader in the ninth inning, best closer in the game, two outs. You got Rosario coming up, who's a big reason why Atlanta's gotten here. He doesn't have much power against lefties. He's got a couple of homers this year, about 10% of his lifetime total. But he actually hits lefties and righties about the same over his career, and he's hitting 10 points higher against lefties this season. And I get it. Hater and a lefty is a bad plan. But, but Mark, Orlando Arcia's, yeah, he's hitting 273 against Southpaws, but he's Orlando Arcia. What would you think about that last decision of the ninth? That was a little odd. We were, we were surprised that he sent. Garcia up in that situation. I, I mean, I guess you could say that since he played for the Brewers for such a long time, maybe he knows Josh Hader better than anybody else. But not trying to sound like, you know, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm here, but the manager usually tries to make the best decision he can to win the game. Not many managers try to make a decision so they can lose the game. Yes. But well, he put the ball in play, which is kind of a victory against Hader uh, on some night. But Hader is Hader is nervous. I thought tonight, and he he doesn't work a whole lot of clean innings. I don't think uh, he's still really good. All right, on to game two now. Snit, how you feel? I, I feel good going into game two. I got Max Fried pitching. I feel good every time he he takes the mound for us. All right, Gabe, it's Max Fried against Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff's got a WAR of five point seven. Fried five point four. Anybody got the edge here? Yeah, I mean, look, the Brewers they don't hit lefties that well. So I, I think that that you know that's going to perhaps help the Braves. Or can they get a performance from Freed that is equal to what they got out of Morton? That remains to be seen. You know, is Woodruff is he going to be as sharp as Corbin was, even those early struggles notwithstanding? I, I certainly think uh, my guess and most people's guess would be that this is another three-two, two-one, one of those type of games. And and look, I mean, people are naturally Braves fans are going to be upset that their team lost Game One. 
And we know the history of teams winning game one typically do tend to go on and win the series. But the bottom line is that if the Braves can pull out a win uh, in game two, then they would be heading home 1-1. Uh, you'll have two home games, and if you win them both, then you're moving on. So, so this series, for what people are feeling right now, this thing can quickly flip into the Braves' favor if they can find a way to get to Woodruff you know, and or that Brewers bullpen and pull something off on Saturday. All right, so that'll be game two. Braves will come home for game three no matter what. And when they do, we'll have all the pregame coverage for you during your lunch break to get you fired up for playoff baseball back in Atlanta. Gabe and our columnist Michael Cunningham will join Brandon Adams with all the analysis and inside information before game three of the division series. It's our AJC Braves News Now, Battle for the A on AJC.com and our Facebook and YouTube pages. That'll be Monday at 1130 in the morning. Mark, care to revise your prediction after what you saw in game one? Nope. Braves in five? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it is, it's a very disappointing game, but it's one game. You know, if they, if they win tomorrow, then they can they can end the series in Atlanta and uh, and go on to the next round. But I, I didn't see anything out there tonight that made me think the Braves can't play with this. And I'm pretty sure the Brewers would have said the same thing. In fact, a lot of them, a lot of them said afterwards that, that Morton had been just tremendous. As they say in baseball, that's baseball. All right, Gabe, how about you? No, uh, not yet. Uh, honestly, when I picked the Braves in four, I thought they would lose game one. Uh, I thought that they could take for each game and then win the win both at home. So uh, for right now, uh, obviously my my prediction in four goes out the window if they can't win on Saturday. But for right now, I'm going to stick with what I have. My next question is on a scale of one to ten, what should the freakout factor be for Braves fans? Mm, one to ten. Um, <laughs> three, maybe, maybe two and a half. They could have won. They didn't. But you know, you. I think the Braves are okay. You, this is why the playoffs tend to be a different animal, is because you don't face many bad pitchers in October. Uh, before we go home, if if you're new to the pod, which it is a new pod, it started um, yesterday. We told you about our photographer Curtis Compton having um, his catalytic converter stolen out of the AJC rental vehicle. Mark, do we have an update on his uh, situation? Got a little bit of an update, <laughs> um, uh, and apparently that is kind of a Milwaukee thing. Okay, uh, the main my, streets my of wife, Milwaukee. Yeah, my wife uh, actually Googled it uh, because she was laughing when I was telling her about it. And she said, yeah, that, what they do is they you, you slide under the car. It takes about a minute. You take off all the bolts and whatnot, and you walk away with something you can resell uh, because of its metallurgy or something um, for $6,000. Wow. And, and Curtis and I rode the game today, and... Uh, and when we came back, he gave his card to the valet guys, uh, same as he had the other night when he got uh, when he got his catalytic converter stolen. And uh, Curtis said, uh, "See if you can find me a catalytic converter out there in the lot." And uh, one of the guys said, "Well, if I do, I'm going to put it in mine because mine got stolen." Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so a Milwaukee thing. Wow. I, I, I did not know. Curtis is uh, one of the more easygoing people you'll run across in our business. Did he lose his cool over the situation? Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, it's, he, was, he was telling me that last year uh, when they were in Texas for so long for the LCS and, uh, and whatnot, that uh, he managed to have three uh, uh, flat tires <laughs> on the same car. So, wow. I mean, you know... <laughs> It's not. A, I know. I know. People think, boy, it's a lot of fun getting to go places and cover sports, but 
there are times when it is like not fun at all. It's, it's, uh, you know, we, you know how logistics can be and logistics can get messed up. And, um, this, this is one where they have, so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a tale. Curtis, uh, I, I think Curtis should write a book on travel stories. I mean, he's the three flat tires and a, and a, uh, and no catalytic converter. I, I think you've got two chapters right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. We'll, uh, well, Mark, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be checking back with you again after uh, game two and uh, right here on the AJC Braves Report podcast featuring stories about catalytic converters and flat tires on the road. <laughs> so, Mark, Gabe, have a good night, and we'll talk to you on the next edition of the AJC Braves Report podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you. And this podcast is just part of our wall-to-wall coverage during the postseason, which includes the AJC e-paper. We give you more than just the score with insights and analysis on the Atlanta Braves and our expanded after-the-game pages in your e-paper, which you can only get if you subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.